The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody welcome in it is monday july 10th four o'clock wrapping up the monday and we have a special guest today we are joined by coach dwight galt the fourth coach galt is the director of virginia tech football strength and conditioning program he came over to virginia tech last off season after serving as the director of sports performance at old dominion prior to that coach galt and coach pry overlapped in happy valley where coach galt spent seven seasons coach galt how you doing today i'm good man how are you sorry about the voice it's, uh, it's been a good week already and it's been a long summer, so it's a little hoarse, but uh, but it's going well. Now, we've all seen the videos. I know you're bringing the juice. I know you're being loud. I know you're motivating everybody. And uh, before we get into that specifically, I want to start with family. Um, your father, Dwight Galt III, he recently retired at the end of 2021, had an incredible career that stretched all the way back to 1989. He helped develop players like Saquon Barkley. Mike Gusecki, KJ Hamler, Sean Merriman. I mean, the list goes on and on. What kind of impact uh, did your father have on you, uh, not just into your interest in getting into collegiate athletics, but also your approach? Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge one. Um, You know, I got into it because of him. Um, I was fortunate to not only be a son, but but also play for him. So, um, you know, the the relationship or how he treated me, how he treated my teammates, um, how we were treated when we were in college – uh, was really what made me be a strength coach. So his influence is, is both in the profession, but also very personally, just, you know, I'm a, I'm a mirror image of, of him. And, um, you know, I, I try to work my tail off every day to, to make him proud for sure. So let's talk a little bit about your philosophy from a high level. If you're speaking to a recruit, if mm-hmm. you are visiting a coaching clinic, how would you define your philosophy on how you approach the job every single day? What are the pillars of your strength and conditioning program? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I think the number one thing we talk about is culture. You know, we're going to drive the culture. We're going to make sure the guys are working their tails off. Um, all the little things that are important to uh, a winning program, we're always going to try to build that foundation down the weight room, in our speed sessions, our agilities, conditioning, all those things. Um, you know, I'm not going to be, um, you know, I don't think splitting the atom by telling you that this place, Tech, has always been known from even when I played, I played in Maryland, for toughness, you know, Virginia Tech and, synony- and, um, and toughness are always going to be synonymous. So um, trying to uphold that standard and, and build that culture in our program is, is probably priority number one. From a training philosophy standpoint, um, you know, speed is king. We have our big guys. Our line D tackles are moving people. You kind of got quarterbacks and specialists in their own little special world over here. Everybody else runs fast. So everything we do is based to be the, the fastest and uh, – most explosive team that we can be, and, and we train all year round for that. And coming into Tech in the 2021 season, I mean, we had a ton of youth, new faces, players who were thrusted into having to play early, um, and a full cultural reset to take on. 
what were some of those biggest challenges that you faced coming out of the gate and what were some of the biggest priorities that you had in year one? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times you look at youth from a training standpoint and it's, you know, stays the obvious, but the, the younger you are, the less you trained. Um, so just getting those guys in the program, um, you know, kind of on the same page as me is the things that I'm looking for that are important to me, um, kind of getting them going early um, from as far as in the off season, but also in the day as well. I know the last staff was a morning staff, but kind of getting our guys up and getting them moving, teach them how I want the days to look, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So teaching these guys to be pros uh, and then just getting them training, it, it was huge. So I think we had a lot of uh, learning the first year. Our guys really took to understanding what a day looks like for a pro, how to treat themselves, their bodies like pros, um, and then continue to kind of develop the culture from there. So, you know, the, the older guys, I give them a ton of credit. Guys looking back like Drake and Connor Blumrick and Silas and Tremari um, that have been this place with, with Coach Hillgard for five years. You know, they came right in and bought right in the second I walked in the door and, and bought into all the things that we were doing. So I give them a ton of credit and, um, and a ton of respect for, for how they carried it. And, and we just continue to build on that culture this year. So what would you say is the biggest difference from where the team was this time last year to where they are now? Yeah, I mean, I think overall athleticism is going to be greatly improved. Um, you just look from top to bottom at, at our roster and um, and just see different body types. I think Coach Fry has done a good job of of um, of kind of bringing guys in and, and doing a bunch of different things with him. So, um, you know, just top to bottom overall athleticism explosion. And not to mention just another year in the program, getting stronger, getting more explosive, getting faster. The body types are different. I think we've done a really good job recruiting for length having longer guys um, across not only the back end, but also up front as well. So, um, you know, the body types, everything is just, just totally different from top to bottom. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can put that on the field. I know we're going to ask you a little bit about uh, the overall staff, but I wanted to lock in on Coach Ferguson. Um, mm -hmm. Coach Ferguson was at Tech uh, at the beginning of when I was there and just one of the absolute best people in the world. And I think Coach Pry and the staff have done a great job of uh, weaving in folks who knew what Virginia Tech looked like when it was rocking and it was rolling. Mm -hmm. Speak a little bit about his impact and having his voice uh, in the weight room and how he uh, how he has gotten along with players. Yeah, I mean, it's great having Ferg. Um, you know, I didn't know Ferg when I first got here. Coach Bry, I think he was a player here when Coach Bry was here as a, as a GA the first time. So um, just got a chance to, to get to know him. And I always tell the story. You know, I was here and uh, I took the job and I came and visited right before Christmas. Um, I was at Old Dominion. We played in the bowl game. I came here the next day um, because we played in the first game of the season last year. I, I felt that it was um, just important to get here and get started. So Coach Brian told me about Ferg. Say, hey, I think you got to meet this guy. So he lives like an hour away. He lives out down or like Lynchburg, like far. So I said, hey, man, like don't come back. I'll meet you. So we met at Chipotle in Roanoke. For about three hours and we just talked nonstop about uh training and tech and and uh football and faith and and all of it and, and i think i just left like yeah I, I don't know how i can do this without him here so uh it worked out great that he wanted to get back in and, and he's been awesome he knows we call him the hokey legend because um you know there, there's no one on this campus or in this community that doesn't know who ferg is so he's been great to have on my staff as a sounding board for me but 
but also he's such a good dude and such a good uh, people person and his people skills are unbelievable that I learn a ton from him every day and we're, it's such a, uh, a blessing and asset to have him on our staff. It's been awesome having him for sure. So everybody listening now, driving on their way to work and complaining about the commute, just remember that every morning that the Hokies are getting started in the weight room, Coach Ferg is probably having to leave home at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, um, now he, he's got a couple places he crashes in town, so don't give him that uh, credit. But <laughs> he still is driving a bunch for sure. So a couple, uh, couple rapid-fire questions here. I'll start with this one. Uh, if you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, who would they be and where are you going to eat? Oh, man. Um, so the first one, just because I read his book literally a month ago, is uh, probably Sheila's Joe Jackson. Um, I would love to hear that story. Um, there's just a lot of mystery around that and his upbringing. I would love to hear that story. That would be one. Um, this is going to sound kind of interesting, but my grandparents, <laughs> I didn't meet any, any of them. So I'm going to count that as one person. But um, you know, I never got a chance to, to meet any of my grandparents, so that would be good. Uh, three dead or alive. Um, you know, I'm not a political person by nature, um, but I have a firm belief that, uh, you know, political figures get a lot of uh, crap for decision making. And I have a firm belief that they know a lot more about this stuff than we do. So I would love to talk to J.W. Bush. Uh, junior not senior just about um some of the stuff when he was in office would be fascinating because that's when i kind of grew up so some of the 9-11 stuff would be fascinating just to hear some of those conversations um and the fourth i think i'd probably bring my father because i bet you he's got a couple good questions for them as well um so that would be probably my four where i would go to eat <sighs> there's a burger spot in the outer banks called arts place right on the beach uh and I just sent a couple of our players there this weekend, and it's the best burger on the beach, so I'm probably taking them there. So usually there's a disconnect between what coaches want to listen to at practice and in the weight room and what players want to listen to uh, at practice or in the weight room. So I got to ask you, when the players are out of the weight room and you're lifting yourself, what are you listening to? What kind of music uh, are you listening to in the weight room? Yeah, um, me personally, depending on uh, what time of day it is and, and how – how much caffeine I've had so far. I'm probably listening to Christian music um, or some kind of very aggressive EDM. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> if it's early and I'm still half asleep, it's going to be very aggressive EDM. Uh, if I'm awake and, and active, then it's probably going to be Christian music. So the freak award, who is the most freakish athlete that you have worked with before Virginia tech and so far at Virginia tech? Oh, freakish athlete. Um, before Virginia Tech, um, the easy one's going to be Saquon. Um, the other one that was just – and these two guys have a, a ton in common, in my opinion. I always told them this. Um, you know, Micah Parsons and Jadavion Clowney have a lot in common. They were just guys that were just good at stuff. Um, you know, they never had – proper training necessarily and, and they were just good at stuff so i don't consistently see those guys just do weird freaky things um you know coach Bryant tells the story all the time about mike and when we were at penn state he would come to camp um 
and uh, and compete at different spots. And this is true. He came as a high school senior and was a wide receiver one camp and came the next one as a defensive back and the next one as a defensive lineman and the next one as a linebacker. It just came to camp and absolutely dominated at any position he wanted to. He might have come next summer five different times. Um, so, and Jadavian was the same thing. He would just be good and <laughs> he was just super talented. So, I would say those three are probably in a category of their own. Um, on our team, there's a lot of guys that could probably talk through. Um, the one that's probably the freakiest is probably Kelly Lawson. He's just long and super athletic, 39 and a half inch vertical, 11 foot broad jump. Um, he's just super, super talented. He kind of has a way of closing gaps and closing space. That's very, very, very impressive. Um, you know, as a, I put myself in, in his shoes sometimes or quarterback shoes and, and look at him and he's so big. He, he plays the curl. I plays the thought. It's like, my goodness, that is a massive human out there. He's just so long. Um, you know, I look back at that, that Georgia tech play where he kind of tipped it and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he takes up half the freaking field. Like, how could you not throw him the ball right at him? So, uh, I would say Kelly, but there's a ton of guys, you know, uh, Bayshaw is a freak. Um, uh, Daquan Felton's a freak. Um, you know, Jaden Keller is super explosive, super athletic. CJ McCray, same boat, APR, same boat. Uh, Parker Clements can run, man. Um, so there's a ton of guys down the list that we can kind of say are freaky, but uh, those are the guys that probably stick out the most. For somebody who is in high school or um, a coach that's coaching in high school, what would you say is the most important lift for a football player? I actually just got this question the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that I look at is probably power clean, especially for our boss guys, for our, our uh, O-line, D-line, tight ends, linebackers to an extent. Um, I think that's probably the best predictor of early playing time. When you look at those positions specifically, it, it's a good development for, for leg strength, for power, for explosion. It just wraps a lot of things up. So that that's probably what I would say for those guys. The skill guys, you know, I think oftentimes – you look at strength and speed being um, you can't have one without the other. So we're going to look at like a squat for those guys and try to push a lot of their lower body training um, so that they can have strong lower halves and, the, and kind of increase speed that way. So I would say those are the big ones. Um, power clean is just so tough because it's so technical in nature. Uh, it takes time. It just takes reps and teaching. And sometimes you'll eat, you'll see, um, you know, I'll give you an example. Braylon Moore has been here. Same as me, probably 18 months or so. And he's just been a kind of an okay cleaner. Um, and when I say okay, I mean he's clean like 300, 315, 325. And then he just clicks and he cleaned 360, I think, the other day. Sometimes the, the power and explosiveness don't match up with it just because it's such a technical movement. Um, but when you see the speed and see the explosion, when you actually see the, the movement – you can kind of tell a lot of times with those guys. So I would say those are probably the two big ones. But, you know, the easy answer is if you're asking about what movement is the best, you know, 40-yard dash. You know, if we're talking about training speed and that being the, the biggest predictor of, um, you know, wins and losses, then certainly going to be the biggest predictor of, of uh, how fast you can play for sure. Couple fan questions here for you. Uh, Steve Bryce has two. The first one is: Can you name a player on offense and defense that has been a real culture setter for you? Someone who's elevated the team and embraces the leadership role. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I could name probably 50 of them, but, uh, you know, the guy on defense has always been awesome is Norrell Pollard. You know, Norrell has been great. Um, his leadership is consistent. He's the same guy. His work ethic has been great. Um, you know, same thing I can say about those older guys that left last year. He bought in from the second I walked in the door, and, and I'm appreciative of that, but it's just been nothing but consistent. So um, he's a surefire guy for us. Offense, um, you know, the, the guy that I think is, has really stepped up, especially a lot this summer, is Parker Clements. I know I mentioned him a little bit about just being freaky, but we've seen his, uh, his vocal, you know, has gone up big time. His experience has gone up big time. You know, he's a great player first in spring. He's trained his tail off all summer. So he's certainly been a guy. And I think there's a, a bunch of other guys that you look at experience, especially guys that are new to our program. You look at Ali. You look at, uh, you know, Derek Cantine. You look at even like Kyron and Grant and Bayshaw and uh, Jason, Jalen Lane. A lot of those new guys that have come in have, have kind of created a little bit of a spark. Um, and you've seen guys, you've seen Derek Kendine come in and you've seen guys like Mansoor and Dorian just take huge steps forward, um, you know, gaining both of them up to 10 pounds of muscle in the, in the summer. So you've seen a lot of maturity and, and training um, kind of go up just by surrounding them with good people. So, you know, I could probably spend a whole hour just on that topic. Um, I probably had yeah, a roster in front of me so I could see all the names, but I think it's been a great summer. I mean, we look back, uh, we were just talking about this as a staff today. We look back last year at our summer and in this year and you know as you know you played there's going to be some um healthy disputes between players and strength coach in the summer it's hot it's irritable a lot of running so that's the those things happen it's part of the, the, the nature of the business and um that's why our relationships are so strong with our guys um we've had certainly way less of that this summer um and that's not a knock on the guys last year they're very healthy. Um, I mean, remember, I remember having two or three really good ones with Silas last year, and Silas and I are super tight. But uh, we've had certainly way less of that, so I, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased with the guy. The guys have worked and and the effort they put in. It's been it's been awesome. So we can, like I said, we can spend a whole hour just on that topic. But as a whole, those are the guys that probably stand out. How have you all uh, – I love that you guys have woven in not just competition, whether it be the tire pulls or competing for uh, the, the individual awards that you give out each week. Um, can you walk us through some of the other creative things that you guys have instilled uh, in your program over the last over the last year and a half? Yeah. Um, you know, we've done a, a ton. Um, God, let's think of some good examples. You know, I, the one that I love is, is hills. I love running hills. I think it's great for leg strength. I think it's great for volume. It's great for intensity. It's great for competition. Um, the thing is, is, and this is something that our sports science department kind of tells us a lot about. When you think of a practice, you, you, you think of like, um, you know, plays certainly and drills and, and things of that nature. What you don't think about is what we call useless movement. Um, so running on and off the field, running from inside run to one-on-ones, from one-on-ones to a team or whatever the case may be. There's just kind of that random running that um, – you don't really train for it because in training sessions, you try to limit that kind of stuff. So we've kind of doubled down on some of the random movements. So we'll go down and run the hill. What they don't realize is they got to jog there and jog back. That's like a mile. <laughs> so it, it's just kind of the random running without looking for, you know, a, a high clip tendo. It, it's a trot. It's a lineman trot at best a lot of times. Um, so that's probably one that we've loved. Uh, we started incorporating a ton of yoga. Um, so we do yoga once a week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, we do a lot of recovery, uh, 
I call them IPD sessions, individual player development. So a ton of flexibility work. That's kind of all goes in with um with kind of being a pro, taking care of their body. So we'll train in the morning, bring them back. So that's something that's been super helpful and creative for our guys. Um, this summer we had a massive chunks competition, like catching footballs. Um, our guys bought in between the wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Um, and it's like, it's the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I'll give you a t-shirt if you win. Like, you know, they'll do anything for a t-shirt and a cheeseburger. So, um, you know, that was really, really cool. You know, we had certain, I think we had four wide receivers catch over 10,000 footballs in a month. Um, so they're just getting a lot of reps, things of that nature. So, you know, it all goes back to competition, you know, trying to drive in that as a, as a focal point of our program, but also just finding stupid little things, uh, nuances that, uh, the guys who compete in and, um, and kind of get better from that. So those have kind of been the, the big things, but I'm sure there's a ton of other stuff that we can talk about. A ter- uh, I'm going to use an SAT word here that I'm probably going to use wrong. Some of the tertiary departments of the strength and conditioning program. Um, I know that you all have made huge, huge improvements, uh, not only because of the new facility, but the staff that you have from a dietary perspective. And also a little bit about the sports science department. Can you tell me about those two departments, what exactly they do and how it elevates your program? Yeah, so um, – Kelsey Vincent is our sports scientist. Kelsey just got on board, I guess, like April. Um, so she's new to us this year. You know, she's um, she's in charge of monitoring all our sports science pieces, which is a ton and it's growing. But also, she's a um, a little bit of a separate lens, I guess, is a probably good way of saying it. She looks at things through a lens that I'm not going to look through, that, Kel- that Carly's not going to look through, that even Coach is not going to look through and kind of – look at things differently that way. So she's tracking all the catapult data. So all the, the guys wear a catapult unit. It tracks all their movements, uh, speeds, volumes, all that kind of stuff. So she's monitoring that and, and doing a ton of things with that. She's doing all our force plate data. She's monitoring all the whoop data with our guys. A bunch of our guys wear whoop straps um, to monitor sleep and load and things of that nature. Um, does a ton of recovery, uh, return to play protocol, a bunch of stuff. So that's kind of Kelsey. She handles a lot of the data side stuff. And then Carly Harris is our team dietitian. She handles all the, the um, you know, meal plans, hydration plans, um, certainly does the menus for our guys, but also kind of has that, you know, secondary role of relationships and, and pushing guys and things of that nature. So, you know, their, their offices are in the weight room, so they work together on a daily basis with our guys um, and, and they kind of finding ways to impact the rosters. So, there's a ton of, I mean, Kelsey and I just got out of a meeting right now talking through the first, I guess the first five days of training camp, how we're doing um, July to kind of get us to that training volume and, and kind of bridge the gap between our summer training and our preseason training. How are we going to bridge the gap in the coming weeks to kind of get there? And then uh, same thing with Carly talking about body weights and body fat and all that kind of stuff. So they're both huge pieces, I think, back in the day. Uh, and even at Old Dominion, you know, we just did that as a strength staff um, and just didn't do as good of a job. Um, we, we did it and we worked our tail off at it, but that's not what we are. So having people that just handle that stuff and, and do that is way better work for, for our guys. Um, they have more qualified people doing it, but also it allows us as strength coaches to, to focus on other things um, like flexibility and, and um cardiovascular shape and, and even the rehab process um all those things is kind of frees up some more time for us too so super awesome job uh both of them do a great job and, and super happy to have them 
Last one that I have for you, Coach. You've spent a year now in Southwest Virginia. You've been to Maryland. You've been to Penn State. You've been to ODU. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience, whether it's on game day, whether it's driving to work or just enjoying time uh, out in the area. How have you enjoyed your time in Southwest Virginia so far? Yeah, I mean, we really liked it. Um, I, you know, I have a, uh, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So we had my daughter when we were here. So um, to say that we haven't uh, gotten out to dinner much is uh, probably an understatement. Um, but, uh, but we love the town. There's a lot of state college vibes to it. Um, I think uh, the people are super genuine. Um, you know, we've we really enjoyed living here. So um, it's been a, a great year so far. I'm looking forward to the fall for sure. Um, you know, summer is kind of a grind time for me, so I don't really pick my head up much. So a lot of the stuff, the summer solstice and the things of that nature that we just had um, look really cool when you look at them on a the calendar, but we don't actually get to them. So that's a, uh, Kind of disappointing, but uh, but certainly game day is really, really, really cool. Um, you know, I, I played in Maryland, and I think I played down here twice, and uh, they they weren't really close. Uh, let's just say that. Um, so it's been awesome being on the other sideline, and then uh, kind of hearing the roars behind you, not against you. So um, you know, we're looking forward to the fall, but uh, but certainly uh, looking forward to, to finishing the summer strong training. So a couple more weeks left. Coach Galt, really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. Uh, keep up the awesome work, and we're looking forward to seeing you all on the field this fall. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows. Drink till we can't stand But I saw you Dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to slice again Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you and say